Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Into the Night Minute, a show where every week uh, different Movies by Minutes podcasters bring you a single minute of John Landis's comedy adventure thriller Into the Night. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Airport Minute and the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan, also of the Rocketeer Minute and occasionally of another minute or two here and there. <laughs> and uh, we are deep into... Uh, the fourth, the fourth day, and it's still still going strong. As right. uh, as we we cut over to uh, a scene of uh, of this house that we've been slowly fading into uh, from yesterday, uh, a nighttime view of uh, of the 405, the San Diego freeway, and uh, Culver City. Uh, and and of course, it, I, I have to point out. So I I am a Californian by birth, but I, I grew up mostly in in Washington. Now live in Wisconsin, um, but. I, I've never picked up the the California affectation, except maybe once in a while when I'm there, of saying the 405. In uh, uh-huh. in the Seattle area, I would get on 405 and go home. <laughs> but when you're in California, you get on the 405 or the five. And I always wonder what the if if there's any reason for that at all, other than it's just one of those quirky regional things. I'm not sure. I know it drives my wife absolutely out of her mind when she watches uh, Gilmore Girls reruns because <laughs> they talk about getting on the 95 and no. nobody gets on the 95. There is no the 95. Right. So <laughs> it's uh, it's very, very peculiar. It's I think it's it's along the same lines of why there's a different railroad on the Monopoly boards west of the Mississippi. Uh, uh, what is it? <clears throat> so to me, it's it's the Reading. It is the Reading to you. OK, so because uh, it's. It's quite, it's quite interesting how it, pretty much everybody in California considers it the Reading Railroad. And, uh, that's, are they just so thinking of Reading Rainbow or what? Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's one of those, those things people? that enough neighbors do it. And I've noticed that the line seems to be drawn at the Mississippi. I mean, if people have heard of Reading, Pennsylvania, then they'll know uh, it's sure. the Reading Railroad. So, Well, uh, you know, West Coaster most of my life. And so I, I, wow. I'll just pat myself on the back for being, now, being it, uh, that much better informed. Is it pop or soda to you? Uh, it's always been soda, okay. although in that was a culture shock thing as a little kid moving from Northern California to Western Washington, you know, greater Seattle area, um, because to a, not universally, but uh, universally, but to a lot of them, it was pop. And I, I didn't even know what they were talking about when I was eight. <laughs> so See, no, I've, and then, of course, I've, if you're in Atlanta, everything yeah, is everything is a Coke. Yes. Yes. You, Yes. What kind of Coke do you want? A Dr. Pepper? What? Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Pepper yeah. flavored. Well, I, I, I live with a woman who still believes in the word tonic. Oh, and, that's uh, excellent. Yes. For, and I, for some reason, it always sounds like it should be spelled T-A-W. Uh, <laughs> tonic. Tonic, yeah. Give me a tonic. So, uh, she, uh, <laughs> or or uh, fix me a bromo. Yes, you know? yes. Now, going back to the days of Eddie Valentine and the Rocketeer. You, you're living in Wisconsin. Uh, the places that you push a button and water comes out of it what do they call that in your neck of the woods in wisconsin oh so that's that is a very very specific local thing it's uh, i will never get used to it I mean, to me it will always be a, a water fountain or a drinking fountain but around here it's a bubbler 
Yes, and it is the same in Boston. Boston has that's right. bubblers. Yeah, there was there were two little pockets where that's that's one of those things that's this part of Wisconsin, and then I, I knew there was one back east. I couldn't remember where, but Boston. That makes sense. I also just learned the other day that to a, a certain group of people in this part of Wisconsin, uh, what we call an ATM or what people would maddeningly call an ATM oh, machine. I know this one. I know this one. It's great. Yes, keep. Please go. It's, uh, it's a time machine. Yes. And I'd yes. never heard that until very, very recently. So I'm going to go use the time machine. You're what? <laughs> You're getting the DeLorean. We're going to, back to October 1955, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, that, but Time, T-Y-M-E, was apparently the company that installed the sort of first cash machines in this area. So yes. anyway, I grew up wow. calling them free money machines, if that tells you anything about my upbringing. <laughs> so, Push the button, Dad, more free yeah, money. Yeah. yeah. Look, wow. I won. <laughs> Wow, I, I, I my spe- specificity of, of growing up the uh, if you went into a playground in the New York New Jersey area within fifty miles of Manhattan, uh, actually maybe even closer, it could be as close as thirty miles of Manhattan. There were um, different devices you could play on. One was known as a swing, and uh, then there was a device with a long chute on it with a ladder attached so that you could climb up to the top. Okay. That, that device was known in the New York City, greater New York City area, as a sliding pond. A sliding pond? pond not just, P-O-N-D, yeah. Not no, just a, sli- a slide? Not a slide. It was known it's, as a sliding to pond. To me, it's a slide. And it supposedly it came from the Dutch word, you know, since it was New Amsterdam, the Dutch word for slide upon. And that kind of was corrupted by the British uh. into sliding pond. And uh, I, I think it's dying out with my generation, though. I think kids now, these kids today, they don't, you know, they watch everything they learn from TV. So right. sliding pond is probably dying away. Well, what you call a slide upon, they call sitting inside playing Fortnite. Yes. So I think is is <laughs> yes. the this is shift batteries. etymology. Okay, yeah. one last one for you uh, on okay. the topic of uh, regionality and playground equipment uh, as it completely fails to relate to the movie Into the Night. Um the thing where, where two kids sit on it, uh, it's it's basically a long lever with a fulcrum in the middle, and you go yes. up and down on either end. What did you grow up calling that? Uh, that was a seesaw to me. Yeah, see, to me it was it was seesaw once in a while, a, t- a teeter-totter. A teeter-totter, yes. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard teeter-totter, but only people in their 80s used to say that when I was a kid. <laughs> wow. So, uh, <laughs> May they rest in peace. Yes, <laughs> Presumably. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, and not, not, not tilting back and forth. So. <laughs> Um, but anyway, we are in the uh, on the te- teetering on teetering on getting back to the show, yes. uh, <laughs> and, and tottering along as we do it. Yeah, here, here we are at the uh, at the house at eleven five seventy five Segral Way, Culver City, California. The the house still sits there, and I don't know how often their doors doorbell is rung, but probably never. Right. <laughs> now, have you uh, did you by chance look up the house as I did on uh, like on Redfin? Uh, uh, I have not looked in Redfin. I have looked it's, on Google Street Map. Okay, so I, I have the listing in front of me on Redfin. Oh. It's uh, 1,288 square feet. Wow. Um, it last sold in 2011 uh, for uh, $514,000. Oh, my goodness. It's built in 1952, just a little sort of, you know, what my mom would have called a cracker box. No, yeah. no disrespect intended, but a small, small box home. and little thing. So half million dollar starter home. Yeah, yes. half million dollar <laughs> starter home from, from 2011, not that long ago. Redfin's current as, estimate is $1.1 million. Oh, good, good purchase house, uh, there. Yeah, so whoever bought it, good for, uh, good for them. Yeah, excellent work. Ah, uh, wow. Well, um, we are, we are in um, Culver City, and uh, we're we're going to get into the the main characters coming up shortly. But uh, one of the things that uh, 
uh, where he's at there on the on the 405, being in Culver City, one of one of uh, Culver City's uh, major residents uh, in history was uh, the home of Hughes Aircraft. So, um, as we're going to find out, that the main character is a uh, an aerospace engineer. Part of the uh, always the appeal in, in real estate is location, location, location. So, right, he's right off the 405, and uh, easy to get to any of the multiple aerospace companies from from there to Hawthorne to Inglewood, any of the you know any of the big aerospace firm so it's a and good location. Uh, not too far from the airport no yeah this, it's, it's, uh, it's right on right on track probably uh maybe the site of the old bulldog cafe from from another movie <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to that yeah it, it has to we'll, it has we'll to. never get far ah, so uh we are we are slowly zooming in on a i think that's an i i was trying to figure out the year but i think that's a an 83 uh, toyota corolla which is a uh, kind of a uh ubiquitous California car of, of that time of the right. 80s. And, you know, nothing flashy, not brand new necessarily, a couple years old at this point. But Yeah, and, and then we, we get a we get yet another title here, which is uh, The Writer, written by Ron Coslow. And in in researching the history of how, you know, he wrote this movie, he, he had written, um, Ron Coslow wrote uh, the Beauty and the Beast TV series back in the 80s, which uh, uh, was a popular thing in my house. Very, oh, sure lyrical and uh, uh fantasy oriented and uh previous to that he had uh, he he written the movie firstborn which is about a kid whose uh, mom marries an evil guy and then he has to protect his mom from the stepdad uh, um but uh unlike unlike most other movies where you know somebody from an idea by this or that ron coslow wrote a screenplay called into the night and it sat in a you know it sat on a stack of screenplays at universal that they had optioned and uh it it just hit uh, John Landis's eye, and he thought, "This is something I could do something with." And uh, you know, he he had no connection to John Landis, so it was um, just really? you know, yeah, it's just like off the shelf. Well, oh yeah, well, I want to do this book. Now, uh, now let me ask you this: as you were uh, reading about uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Coslow, do you, did you catch that he has one singular acting credit? Yes, and- yes, I did. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and what was that, Jim? He was he was a, a passenger in the movie, uh, a funny little movie called Airport, nineteen seventy. Which uh, if if I had known, I would have reached out to him and yeah. begged him to be on the show. Now that would have been a great minute by minute podcast. Oh wait a minute, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, somebody did that already. But yeah, we we had John Finn later on instead, so we did we did cover our third tier. Uh, but of, star, of, stars of all things, to have just a singular acting credit, and that yeah. was it. That uh, and uncredited, uh, he, he never he never was listed in the credits. So. Interesting. Oh well. Oh, I also, see that he was uh, an executive producer on uh, on Birds of Prey in '02 yes. and '03. Kind of a, a short-lived and sort of easily forgotten, but uh, uh, an interesting enjoy- show that had some promise. Enjoy- back then. Yeah, it was an yeah. enjoyable film using the DC again with the DC universe, right? And uh, following the later adventures of, uh, of Batgirl, who was oh. by that time paralyzed by the Joker, and uh, intriguing. And, and more second tier things where they they found some ways of working licensed characters into a, into a right. show, but very very good acting and, and very yeah. good writing, I thought. Yeah, it, it very much foreshadowed what uh, so much of what uh, DC is doing with the, the CW and the that whole universe these days. And tying Ron back to the uh, into the night world, uh, the only connection I could find was he's married to Elaine Heilvel, who uh, 
guested on a, a short-lived TV show that was introduced at the opening of the Super Bowl in 1980 called Ten Speed and Brown Show. With, Br- Ten Speed and Brown Shoe with Ben Vereen and a young Jeff Goldblum. Oh, no kidding. So uh, there's so a... It did come semi-full circle. Yeah, I don't know if Ron Coswell said, hey, my wife was a guest star on your show. They got canceled, but I, I don't know if that ever came <laughs> right. up in the conversation. Yeah, is, that, uh, is that an opening? Yeah, well, you know, you, you do what you can. And uh, as we slowly zoom into the house, we see the production uh, producers' names, which are uh, interesting that they get a full production credit here, uh, produced by George Folsey Jr. and Ron Coslow. Again, is, he gets he gets production credit. But uh, George Folsey uh, Jr. has a he, he worked on uh, six Landis films uh, from everything from Shock to the Schlock to the Blues Brothers, and uh, he also worked on the video Thriller. And, uh, and the movie Coming to America. He is a child of the industry. His father, uh, uh, George Folsey Sr., uh, worked on a whole bunch of movies. He worked on uh, the Coconut, a lot of the Marx Brothers movies, Coconuts, Animal Crackers. Oh, wow. Meet Me in St. Louis, The White Christmas of Dover, The Harvey Girls, Adam's Rib, Million Dollar Mermaid, uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Uh, so he, he's been around forever. He, he he worked as the, uh, the director of photography on the ABC series The Fugitive, which was my one of my favorites. And uh, uh, so the original uh, Fugitive he, series back from yeah, that's right, yeah, the original before, pre pre Harrison Ford, right before Harrison so, Ford. Um, and he won a he won an Emmy award for best cinematography for a, a special on uh, skater Peggy Fleming back in the sixties. Oh, so wow. definitely he comes he comes from a long line of uh, of really a real big talent. And, yeah, definitely uh, runs in the family. Yeah. I I noticed too that Folsey had one of the Landis films he worked on with uh, uh, with John Landis. Of course, was a Kentucky Fried Movie, which was yes. Um, I suppose it was a guilty pleasure before I knew what guilt was when I was a <laughs> young teenager. And I shouldn't be feeling good about of, this. Yeah, yeah. A couple of older friends of mine would show that showed me this thing, and I was just absolutely stunned and constantly looking over my shoulder terrified I was going to get caught for uh, just for <laughs> watching it and I, I'm sure a lot of it would seem fairly tame now but just a, at the time an absolutely gut-busting series of vignettes and still there's always little things like uh, one or two things that always sort of pop into my head but the biggest thing being um, it was uh, I think it was in the, the Big Jim Slade segment Ah, yes. When they're reading through things and they get to the end and, and after all this sort of drama and the capital of Nebraska is, is Lincoln. Lincoln. Yes. And, and that's <laughs> number one. That's why I know what the capital of Nebraska is. Number two. Of, and you, can, and you I, can't do that I've without that striking into so many things. You got to do those arm curls while you're. While oh, you're yes. Saying. And the capital is Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. And, uh, and I have been known once or twice to uh, ask somebody to do something uh, once again with a fee wing. So. <laughs> Great intensity. Yes. <laughs> now take him to Detroit. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> take him to Detroit. I've, I've referenced that when my wife has gone to Detroit on business trips. Uh, so. <laughs> See, so, yeah, that, that's, that was my introduction to John Landis. And I thought, you know, just an amazing guy. And, and from that, he went straight into, um, uh, you know, making Animal House. Well, we're up, we're up to the, we, can, we might as well talk about Landis and his. That's uh, true, yes. That's and his, his credits. Is where we've, we've already broken through that curtain. So, um, <laughs> stumbled you know, through it at least. I, I mean, you think about every big comedy, you know, laugh out loud movie like the Blues Brothers, The Trading Places, or Coming right. to America. I mean, all these things are classics, and it's it's all from the, the hand and eyes of John Landis. Um, Simple Boy from uh, Chicago makes good. 
Um, and he, I was, I was fascinated in his uh, childhood story was that he was uh, obsessed, he became obsessed with film after seeing The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, which to me, of course, you have to, I mean, either The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad knocked you out or it was Jason and the Argonauts, but one of those oh, absolutely. 1960s movies had a... Yeah, Ray Harryhausen, just yeah, complete, yeah. Yeah. absolutely pitch perfect Saturday afternoon yeah, you know, yeah. If you don't, if you don't have a skeleton with a sword in his hand, you're not watching a good movie. So it's <laughs> exactly it's there, and you know, just the idea that he got into it, um, and he did, you know, the classic um, uh, how to succeed in business thing. He started as a mailboy at that at Fox Studios, and just you know, being around, being you know, he worked on Kelly's Heroes as as just like a, a production assistant, a you know, PA guy, and uh, he wound up becoming because he knew all the stuff that they were doing. He became an assistant director because the assistant director got sick, and boom, screen credit. So wow. he, uh, you know, he he got in there and, and worked on a bunch of different films. So, and we have uh, we have talked before, but um, well, obviously we did. You know, we did a whole show before, right? But yeah. we've talked <laughs> a little bit before about when we talk about John Landis. Anytime I, I you know, I was taught. In fact, I was taught by the same people who introduced me to uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, and all that that entailed. Um, you know, taught very early on when you see John Landis's name, then you spend the movie looking for the reference to "See You Next Wednesday." Right. The uh, uh, is it's, it is it always a movie? I think it is always. I th- it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's either a, a card or it's it's uh, mentioned. It's mentioned. There's some often. There's a poster or a, a tight, you know lobby card. Um, you can find it easily in in thriller. Uh, there, it's mentioned as. Um, if you want to, if you want to look for it and skip to the skip to the part where it is in Thriller, um, Michael Jackson is eating popcorn like that uh, endless meme that you'll always see on oh, Facebook right. or whatever. Yeah. He's eating popcorn like crazy, and uh, the there's some kind of a horror movie that he's watching, and it said they only say these mysterious words. See you next Wednesday. <laughs> oh, and there's uh, it's on the poster outside the theater, you know, right? Outside the theater too. That's right. Um, I, one I had forgotten all about was uh, in the, the Twilight Zone movie. Um, it's uh, it's spoken in German. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was a wow. That okay. was one I just had had uh, never thought about. And then, I, sorry, now I'm cheating. I'm pulling up a list. So maybe it wasn't. So it wasn't quite always a, a movie because in uh, Spies Like Us, there's a uh, there's a recruiting poster. That says the army can teach you a skill. See you next Wednesday. So it's on oh, a poster, wow. but okay. not, not for a movie. Is it does it mention anywhere where it is in Blues Brothers? I don't know where it is in Blues Brothers. Uh, let's see. See you next Wednesday. Glimpsed on a billboard, which also features a huge gorilla. It's also on the cinema uh, sign behind uh, where the Nazi Pinto crashes. Through oh the road. right, yes, yes. So and then uh, under the title marquee says starring Donald Sutherland. Um, <sighs> Okay, so, his, his, his shout out from an Animal House. Yeah, exactly. A, a kind of a, a shout out, maybe even a little bit of a, a little bit of a dig because Sutherland took cash for Animal House instead of yeah. the fifteen percent he was offered. He and could, so he could have, would have. Uh, and they earned like one hundred twenty million for uh, for Animal House out of wow. a. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was a, not even a ten million dollar picture. I think it was like an eight million dollar picture. Jeez. So ah. Uh, Wow. Crazy. So, you know, the one thing about the whole See You Next Wednesday thing was that I, I've known about it for, you know, what, pushing 40 years now, but uh, had never really dug into where it came from. And uh, until you and I were talking about uh, doing this week for this show. And uh, it's, it, I'm, I'm stunned that I didn't know it, but it was um, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. 
Oh, right. So Frank Poole's father, you know, is... Yeah, is, the happy says, birthday. Yeah, it says the video letter, yep. And it's, you know, like, say, happy birthday, see you next Wednesday. Oh, wow. Or okay. something, you know, his last line is, see you next Wednesday. Uh, and, you know, wow. now, okay. I, I can, now I can finally that, sleep at night. Our long national yeah. nightmare is over. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel, I feel like I just took 30 Advil. It's just like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and... Uh, you know, it just was stunning how many, uh, and, and his, I had read that, that in uh, the Landis, the Landis verse that they're all connected, like everything is happening in the same universe. And uh, I had wondered about that, but uh, uh, there are apparently links between them. Uh, the most notably when, um, if you watch uh, Animal House and they talk about where everybody ended up and uh, Niederman, who was the, uh, the guy in the other house that was the military fellow. Right. He was, if you remember, his his death was he was killed by his own troops in Vietnam. Oh, and right. in uh, in the Twilight Zone movie, yeah. uh, the the section with Vic Morrow, there's a they're following a platoon of soldiers uh, walking through the uh, the jungle at night, and uh, he said, "I told you you shouldn't have killed uh, Lieutenant Niederman." And so that's, that's the right. that platoon is the platoon that was ki- that killed you know he was that was the own troops that were <laughs> that killed yeah. Lieutenant Niederman. And interesting, I don't know where the where the crossovers are in this movie, but I'm interesting. Hopefully, other uh, hosts will uh, will spot that right. in the near future. I was going to say, and, and the the other hosts are going to have just a crazy good time. I hope playing spot the director. Yeah, that's yeah. This is this is definitely the, uh, you know, the, the a, cameos a, in this movie are absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, it's 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 an avalanche of them. Um, I, there's a cameo in this that it's it's startling to me because at the time this movie was made in 1985, my my bedroom had the those curtains and that particular bedspread, and I can tell you those are Nautica. That's, that's <laughs> that came really? from Nautica. Uh, I don't know the sh- <clears throat> the sheets are driving me crazy because they're cream color sheets on white and blue, which just doesn't you know it just kind of sets my teeth on edge. But now the uh, were, was it those curtains that uh, that they made Adam Levine's costume out of for the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show? Oh, oh we're, we're dating ourselves for that. Oh hell, possibly. I know, but yeah. You know, as we're recording this, Super Bowl is still fresh in our minds. Yes, I still think it was the Gorn's uh, vest from uh, Ah, uh, Arena episode of Star Trek. Yeah, that's probably true, too. Uh, But, uh, oh, gosh, look at that that business-like touchtone phone uh, perched on the nightstand. (laughs) So we we start this movie at some some day, some weekday, at uh, 20 after 3 in the morning. And uh, and we come across our star, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I was talking about Jeff earlier, but that's right. There's uh, actors in this movie, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, next to his wife, Ellen Oaken, uh, who was played by Stacy Pickering. And uh, I think we chatted a little about her earlier this week. I must confess, I I do not sleep shirtless. That just I can't imagine. <laughs> I I am uh, I am so old school. I'm a PJ guy. I do enjoy PJs. Um, yeah, I I uh, tend to do just the the same thing, and uh, yeah, it's just I I need I need to you know it's it's that equivalent of you have to have the sheet over you so that the boogeyman doesn't get you. I need to have you know Correct. what if there's so an we... earthquake or something, and that's another thing. This uh, this is after the Northridge quake, so oh, that's I, right, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I would think that these people would be fully dressed with their shoes next to the bed. That's as far right. as I know, everybody that was a yeah. native at that and... time, they pretty much slept in their uh, you know. Run out of the house clothes. Well, they'd be sleeping in the door frame. Yes. <laughs> Just to yes. move the bed halfway into the hall. You're too far away from a, an arch. Yes. Uh, or he's, although he's trying to fold his arms into some kind of an arch. And this is definitely before he uh, started working out uh, 
for uh, for his later movies. Although in The Fly, he was pretty buff, as I recall. Yeah, and that's that, true. That was done, before. especially later in the film. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he's, I mean, I don't yeah. just just mean just the transformation, but we, you know, you see him getting sort of stronger, and, and yeah, you know, they've got him sort of pumped up between scenes and things like that. Yeah, and he becomes Brundle Fly. But uh, a good good acting job there, as you know, staring off in the distance and showing, yes, I'm I'm not sleeping in at twenty after three. Right. And uh, we do get to watch the sun come up over. Uh, <laughs> That must be some some view out the back window. It's just yeah. oh look, there's the uh, overpass. But you know, location, location. <laughs> exactly. That's why uh, that's a million dollar house today. Uh, and uh, he's doing something that I never did. I can't imagine tying my tie in front of a in front of a mirror. I I, I grew up in Catholic schools, and I I went to school for thirteen years in a Catholic schools, and uh, tying a tie to me is like tying your shoes. Well, you don't even have to look. It's just. Right. Yeah, it's just something that you do. Although what's funny for me is uh, when I haven't worn one for an extended period, ah. then the muscle memory takes over, and then I will get three quarters of the way through, and then I'll stop and think, wait a minute, am I doing this right? And then I have no idea. The rabbit then I've, the I've, hole. And I, yes, yeah. I, I've taken it off my neck. I'm tying yeah. it around my ankle, thinking maybe that's <laughs> how this is supposed to work. As soon as I, As soon as I think about it, I'm doomed. If I can just... It's you know it's like Douglas Adams and learning to fly. You throw yourself at the yeah. ground and then you get distracted at just the right moment and then you miss the ground. Yes, it's, yes. If you can distract me at just the right moment, I will tie my tie perfectly. But if you let me stop and think about it, I will I will stare at this object like I've never seen such a thing in my entire life. Uh, I have I can only tie two kinds of ties. I can tie a I can tie a half Windsor, which is my standard operating procedure right. for a for a tie, and um, a a bow tie. I can do a bow tie. But oh. I know there's people that do the four in hand and all the, you know, the full wins. I can't stand to have that big a, a noose in, you know, under my Adam's apple. It's just a right. bit of a, uh, a thing that not, it's not going to happen with me. And I notice he does not wear an undershirt with this. Uh, so it's, uh, he's, cool. he's following the, the Clark Gable method. As I, I, I'm sure mostly everybody knows that story about the, uh, in the movie, it happened one night, uh, Clark Gable was uh, demurely sleeping uh, in the, in the room adjoining uh, Claudette Colbert, and uh, when he was getting ready for bed, he took off his shirt and did not have a uh, uh, a t-shirt on at all. And uh, sales of underwear plunged that year because <laughs> it was like, oh, well, Clark Gable doesn't have to wear one. Why should I? So, um, I have to do it just simply to soak up my constant fetid. Body. <laughs> well, I need, I need it. Well, anyway, that's that's not I'm at. not a phrase I expected to hear on yeah. the show. But your fetid body. Fetid, yeah, it's just uh, something. That... As I'm here sitting here thinking about, uh, you know, about all the poor, uh, you know, women moviegoers who got the vapors after seeing Clark Gable shirtless. <laughs> and, uh, but perhaps his body was fetid too, Jim. Yes, it could be. It could be. I'm sure he had really powerful antiperspirants or something. Um, <laughs> Gosh, that was a beige world back then, wasn't it? It certainly was. Beige in, that, in that house. Yeah. And outside, the Toyota's beige. It's yeah, all... yeah. It's just all, even the, even the breakfast is beige. Right. So he's uh, just coming coming out to find out what his wife said, and uh, she was going to get him some coffee if he wanted it. But uh, apparently he, he, he demands orange juice because she's already poured that for him. I was trying to figure out what that pink bottle was in the middle of the um, uh, condiments. It looks like they have ground black pepper, but I don't know what is that sucarol or some kind of an artificial sweetener. Let me reload the minute here, just a second. Ah, okay. 
Um, it's uh, it's a very and you can see all twelve hundred feet of that tiny little, tiny little house. This is yes. right in. The, it would be very much in style with the tiny house movement now because I mean basically he's walking from the bathroom to their uh, the far side of what would be their dinette, and I think he take he does that whole uh, traffic in about four steps. That's right, um, exactly right. Phenomenal. So it's just, okay, now I'm looking at that bottle with a pink top. You, the, the first thing that comes to my mind, not really appropriate for the breakfast table, but is nail polish remover. Ah, okay. Yeah. That... But I, why would you have that? But then I see there's a, there's some black pepper. And yeah, then black pepper and multivitamins, I'm assuming. Yeah, probably multivitamins. And then a salt shaker, possibly. Yeah. Um, and a sugar bowl closer to her, I think. Oh, no, the sugar bowl has the lid on it. Has the lid on it, yeah. So oh, Very odd. Yeah, but they're... I'm amazed, you know, for a work day, I would never think of homemade bacon and eggs first thing for breakfast on the way out the door. <laughs> right. It's, you grab what you can or. Yeah, go with the it. instant grits or the, uh, you know, the Quaker Oats or something. But uh, now, Can you make out uh, what's on the paper she's reading? Something about humor? Uh, Homer? Or is it Homer? In... Or Hoover? In savings in September? In September? Oh, humor, humor is, is sometimes September. <laughs> Neptune is. <laughs> I think it says Neptune's. I think it says Hammer is Neptune's masseuse. There we go. I think I that think, was yeah. probably the news headline crack, of the day. Yeah, that was probably one of the yeah, yeah. scoops. Somebody could, scooped them on it that. It could be humor. It could be Hummer. Just do, and she does apparently, you know, do the um, the commuter fold on her on her newspaper. Oh, right. Back when people used to read uh, actual dead tree papers. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. And she has them all carefully uh, uh, quarter-folded, I think. Oh, no, those are – well, she ha- she had them half-folded on the on the side. She's just going through them uh, as one would read on a bus or a train. But she carpools, so, I mean, she could just whip the whole thing out. I yeah, mean, that's true. I'm surprised that she she's cooked food that she hasn't eaten. She's eaten like – why would you make a, a piece of toast and not eat it? Yeah, see, it looks like there's a crust of one of them left over, but there is a second piece of toast there at the end of the plate of her yeah, left. And substantial, and some, substantial yeah, substantial uh, scram- scrambled eggs. So. Yeah. Or is it omelet? I think there's eggs. I think there's uh, cheese in those eggs. Oh, uh, it could be. Scattered, yeah. I think. You know, the um, whatever the Waffle House term was. I can't Covered. Oh, That's yeah, covered. Covered, yes. Covered, yes. Covered. Um, the uh, application of butter on uh, Jeff Goldblum's piece of toast is not very impressive. So no, just a rather, big blob right happy. on the end. I think I think what maybe they they took the quarter stick out of the freezer and were trying to unfreeze it, and she just kind of right. like chopped off the the bitter end of it. Um, but yeah. Well, which I I think frankly that application of butter sums up their marriage at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's all you need to know is how is that toast buttered. Now, what's wow. the the deal? The uh, there's a green lamp in the background. It's like a big sort of canister, um, and it just says twenty two on it. It almost looks like it could be maybe an old fire extinguisher or something, um, but it's too short I, and squat for that. Uh, I might be not seeing where you're seeing. Let me think. Uh, I'm seeing. Wait, here we go. So. If you're looking at, at his breakfast and just go straight back against his, the wall. Against the wall, there is a short pot with plants in it. This, a small Right, plant, and then there's a lamp. Pot. And then to the right, yeah, there's a lamp that looks like a milk jug to me. Yeah, maybe a milk jug. See, I see, uh, when I go full screen, that is a, uh, it's got the, the number 22 sort of embossed on it. Really? Okay, I can't see the, I can't see the 22. Maybe it's, really? yeah. So if, if you see this sort of green and there's maybe a gold or yeah, brass sort of trim ring. Right. 
Yeah, and, and right in between that, those, there's very, very clearly as I'm looking at it. Maybe my settings are a little, my monitor's a little okay. brighter than yours. Yeah, I'm, I might have a, a dim bulb of a, let me bring it over to my other monitor. And uh, it could be, I, uh, my, yeah, my my eyes are not that good for this, but uh, mm, I don't know. Uh, the 22 dairy, maybe? I don't know. Uh, 22 gallons of milk? No, I don't know. <laughs> it's a small for that. You know, but considering uh, the size of that room, if you turned on both of those, the, the floor lamp and the table lamp, you it would be like daylight. Yeah, that's true. There's not. Um, I was trying to see if we can see behind her head, but I think there's a third line in that corner where the paneling meets the wall. It doesn't look like a place to entertain. I mean, they have a couch and they have a, a chair, and we'll, we'll be seeing that couch and chair uh, in a later minute, but... Uh, right. Just doesn't seem like they have anybody over at the house ever. Um, at at twelve hundred feet, you have to at twelve hundred square feet, you have to kind of stand outside to change your mind. So. Right, when you're going to be selective. Yeah. Um, so I did just find a somewhat similar vintage lamp. Hmm. That's uh, it's a similar shape. It's not the same by any means, and it's just got it's uh, it's green with some of that gold trim, and it's yep. got a big number eight on it. And this was a a tea canister that was made into a lamp. Ah, it looks like so, it was some sort of container, some sort of, you know, not industrial, but sort of, you know, as you said, something like a milk jug. Yeah, so it's some, some kind of a, an, an, an antique canister of some type that right. would carry things. So dry, some kind of dry goods holding thing. Right. Oh, okay. And I cannot make out what the uh, the pictures on the wall are. It looks like random pictures of flowers, rather kind of demure and... Uh, Rather aseptic. There's no. Right. I don't. I don't see any family. You know, like there's no family pictures or uh, anything personalized about the yeah. place. It looks like it was done by um, a, 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 a you know somebody trying to uh, stage a house when you're trying to sell it. Right. It could be the art that came with the frame. Yes. Yes. <laughs> using the term art a bit loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Instance, straight. But. Straight from uh, uh, home. Uh, home. What's the uh, the TJ Maxx company? I've forgotten. There's a. Yeah, one of the, one oh, is it Home Goods? Is it that one? Home Goods. Yeah. There we go. Yes, it's, yeah. it looks like something straight out of Home Goods. So uh, there's yeah, a, yeah. so much glare on the the pictures on the left side of the frame that uh, yeah, it almost looks like they're still sort of wrapped in plastic. Which yeah, it's uh, might as well. I mean, yeah, also <laughs> would sort of say something about this. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Very little acting so far, other than the two, you know two lines. So we're two lines into it, and uh, we're just not sure who these people are, or what they're doing, other than. Ed couldn't sleep last night. We're two lines into it, and we've already beaten it to death. Yes, <laughs> and plenty more minutes to come. So, uh, for so for po folks listening in, please uh, jo join us here tomorrow as we keep we'll keep going with uh, we're finding out if we're going to get some more meaningful dialogue coming up. Again, as as you know, if you've been listening to us this the, the past week, uh, we've been talking about how this uh, show is part of a group of uh, Movies by Minutes uh, podcasters doing one week. Hal and I are doing it this week, of course. And uh, if you'd like to hear other uh, podcasters, we've got many coming up, uh, but we all run on a site called moviesbyminutes.com where you can pick up right now, as, as we're recording, there's about 130 different movies that we take movies apart at this level about a minute at a time uh, with fascinating guests and uh, hopefully scintillating conversation. <laughs> 
Um, but check that out at moviesbyminutes.com. If you'd like to find out more about this particular project that we're working on, the Into the Night Minute, go to uh, our main site, nightminute.com. You can pick up all of our previous episodes and read about news and, uh, and other information uh, about the show out there at nightminute.com. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, we're always available on Twitter at Night Minute, on Facebook at The King Lives, the Into the Night Listener's Limo. If you want to just subscribe and not have to deal with all that typing stuff in and things, just go to either iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, Type in uh, Into the Night Minute, and uh, you'll see us under podcast. Just click on our on our little logo, and you'll get us delivered hot and fresh every morning, Monday through Friday. So uh, thanks for being with us. We will see you here uh, tomorrow as we finish out our week, uh, Hal and me, here on the Into the Night Minute. So we'll see you out there. <laughs> Thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.